morning, bitches, and welcome to Wellness for Real, the podcast where we talk about all things wellness. I'm your host. My name is Marlena, and if you're new here, welcome. We have so many amazing episodes, so make sure you go back and check those out as well. We talk about everything on this show. I was inspired to start this podcast after uh, finally finding success in my own weight loss and wellness journey uh, by finally shedding all of the toxic diet culture bullshit and just embracing finding what works for me. So we share other people's stories, uh, tips, tricks, all the things, um, and we talk about it all. So buckle up, y'all, because it's about to get real. Morning, bitches, and welcome back to Wellness for Real, your favorite podcast. It's your girl, Marlena, and I'm just here by myself today, y'all. Um, first, just want to say Skylar is not feeling well, so we send her well wishes, and she'll be back next weekend with me to talk more. Um, so today, I just wanted to take the opportunity to just share some things that are going on in my personal life, because it is time, y'all. So first and foremost, I just want to say that like, this is just my truth. No one's truth is the absolute truth. Um, this is also my perspective, my experience, um, in my life, right? So, um, obviously I'm sharing these things because this podcast is all about wellness and the shit that goes on in our lives, especially our relationships affect our wellness, right? It affects all aspects of who we are, what we do, um, and how we're able to accomplish things. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast since the beginning, if you've been following me on Instagram for the last five or six years, um, you know that I have been through an assortment of changes um, physically and mentally. Um, And if you listen to the original podcast, I'm sure you remember when I actually did have Adam on the show and we talked about a relationship um, and just some of the struggles that we had had. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you're like, what is this bitch talking about? (laughs) Uh, Well, this is what I'm talking about. Um, About two months ago, I did leave my husband. I left my relationship um, and I have been living with my parents, y'all. So it's quite cathartic living in my high school bedroom, but I will say I'm loving living with my parents. It's so awesome to be able to spend every day with them. Um, But that's like a whole different story. Let's get back to the bulk of it, right? Um, The fact that I left. Now, if you had listened to that original episode from the original podcast, um, I did always, I mean, I didn't always talk about it, but I was always candid and frank about the fact that there were issues in my relationship, just like there are issues in all relationships, right? Um, But for me, um, the first year of my marriage... Um, I left, we did separate, um, that is actually when I started my weight loss journey. So over the last five years, obviously I've been working on myself tremendously, but I also was trying to work on my marriage as well. Um, unfortunately the cycle continued. Um, now when I say the cycle, I mean a cycle of abuse, um, and that is defined as And if you relate to this, just keep listening, okay? Um, The cycle of abuse is when you have a tense situation 
it creates an incident then after that incident you have reconciliation and then there is a calm and honeymoon period and then no matter what you do no matter how much you try to accommodate your abuser that tension incident reconciliation and calm that's just that constant fucking cycle right and that was my life for the last seven years and that is not to say that there hasn't been good spots and there are the things that I shared during that time weren't real or authentic or I didn't think that they were right um but that's the thing about being stuck in abusive cycle is those calms and that that calm period that honeymoon period um that's where the hope is restored and that's what you hold on to right um now so often especially when you are a woman um People don't take your abuse seriously unless you have hard physical proof, right? Um, often partners, men, often they are male partners, um, will think that they're not doing anything wrong because maybe they're not actually physically harming you, Um but that is not the case. So if you relate to any of the things that I'm talking about today on this episode, I just want to share a few things with you first and foremost. Um, something that has saved me more times than I can even count um, is having access to a text message crisis hotline. Um, I'm going to give you guys this is the number. It is 741-741. Save it in your phone. It is a text messaging hotline um, where you can talk to professionals if you are in crisis and they will talk you through it. I have had to use this text message service on numerous occasions um, in my life and in my relationship after incidents. Um, and then I was abandoned and left alone in crisis uh, more often than not in these incidents. Um, so this is the resource that I would use so that I wouldn't harm myself or that I wouldn't spin into a deeper, darker place, right? Because I struggle with depression, um, something I've always been honest about. Um, I have a lot of trauma that I'm still unpacking and working on healing, but those things take time. Um, and I don't think they ever truly fully leave us. Right. So <clears throat> for me, I was just in this situation where I had a partner that I wanted so badly to be the person that they were during those calm, during those honeymoon periods. But the truth was, that's not who he was. So I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, like, what shifted? What changed? You seemed so happy, um, which you guys, everybody seems happy online. And that's not to say that people aren't actually happy, right? Or that I wasn't actually happy when I was sharing that I was happy. But what happens when you do that really hard mental work of rewiring your brain um, healing your neural pathways and rebuilding them is you really start to see things differently. Um, and me being on this journey for, for as long as I have now going on, I don't even know, four years of maintenance of weight loss. Um, and I just celebrated seven years since I like really started to take my health seriously. So you do start to change through this process. I mean, I'm still me, but I really, acknowledge and see things differently um and hopefully in a more healthy way now so back to my personal story 
I'm not going to go into the full eight years. I'm just going to kind of cover the end. Okay. Um, so if you follow me on Instagram and you are a part of my green circle or my close friends, um, you know that at the end of last year, well, not the end of last year, probably the middle of last year, right after we had bought our second home, um, we started to talk about adopting, um, through foster care and, it was something that I had finally felt ready for um, because I was just feeling really great in a really good place with my mental health. Um, I started antidepressants last year and it really has been hugely life-changing for me. Um, so I finally decided that I was ready for that journey. We started that journey. We were going through classes, which here in Minnesota, the state I live in, it's a very intense process. Um, they really make sure that you know exactly what you're getting into. Um, they cover a lot of trans transracial issues. Um, they cover just a myriad of things. And then obviously if you're adopting a child who has been taken from their home and placed other you know, in other homes, that in itself is traumatic. So that doesn't even cover their, you know, each individual child's personal trauma and the things that they've been through um, that have led them to being into foster care. So when you're going through that process, it can be very triggering. <clears throat> it definitely is supposed to spark a lot of really difficult conversations in your relationship. I was very open to having those conversations. I felt like it was extremely important, um, especially if we were leaning towards um, adopting a child of color. But the more we got into the process, the more obvious it became to me that my partner really was not digging deep on these, on the reality of the situation, right? Um, now, I've talked about it again before on this podcast on the original version, which you can go subscribe to at anchor.fm slash wellnessreal slash subscribe. You will have access to all of our original episodes. Now, the cultural differences in my relationship were extremely difficult. And if you are in a, um, if your partner is of a different culture or race or background than you, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like, it's just difficult, right? Um, and most of us don't have the exact same cultures that we're coming from. Um, so that definitely was something that was really difficult in our relationship. But for me, it was especially difficult because... I had a partner that did not hear me or see me when it came to those issues um, when when we were in those situations. So I constantly was being put in situations where I was alone um, and I didn't have anyone who understood why the things that were being said or done around me um, were wrong. So obviously it definitely depends on the family as well, but this was my particular um, experience, <laughs> um, marrying into a white family. Um, it was very difficult. Um, and so I knew that I wasn't protected in these situations where th racist or homophobic things were being said or just very nonchalantly. It was just very much so a normal part of that family and lifestyle. Um, and I was the only one who 
had an issue with it. So um, being also the only person of color in the room, um, it just, it, it became increasingly difficult and it was always a place of contention in our relationship because I would say, hey, like, didn't you notice that this thing was said or that I was uncomfortable or that this person said this thing to me or these people are berating me about Latin cultures and asking me about Mexico and I'm not even fucking Mexican and all these different things. Um, and it always would just become an issue. Not that it was happening, but that I had feelings about it or that I felt the way that I felt um, or that, you know, it would always just come back to, oh, you're just calling my family racist and then protecting them but not protecting me right so that was a huge issue um but again that is that that's one of those things that we do um in an unhealthy toxic relationship where we're constantly fighting to change a core value that somebody holds like that's who they are um and we want so badly for that to change that we're fighting for that change um but that change ain't never going to come, um, which is something I definitely had to realize. Now, that's just the tip of the iceberg, y'all, okay? So um, that's just some of the stuff that I would just normal. That was just a regular part of my life dealing with those types of issues. So like I said, once we got into that adoption process, those issues became more and more and more clear for me. Um, and then I was dealing with a person who didn't want to see those as issues. Um, my issue with the issue was the issue. <laughs> I probably should have busted out my thesaurus for this conversation so that I don't have to just keep reusing the same words, but that's what it was. Right. Um, and that happens to us so often again, especially as women, <sighs> When we have an issue with our, our partner, if especially if they're a man, let's just be honest, um, their behavior never is actually the issue, right? It's our reaction then becomes the issue or our response to that hurtful or dangerous behavior. Um, so that was essentially my life. But it was something that I had just accepted as part of my reality um, and something that I just had to deal with because I loved this person, right? So end of last year, um, like I said, we were kind of going through that process and I really wanted to commit to that process because at the time it felt like the right path for us and for me. But like I said, the deeper we got into it, it just really became apparent that it was not the right path um, at all that it was that path. I was meant to go down that path to have my eyes opened. And they definitely opened up to the actual reality of what was my life, what was my partnership, um, who this person was that I decided that I wanted to spend my entire life with. And once your eyes open up, you can't close them. <laughs> Like once you see things for what they are, you can't unsee that shit. Um, and that was what was starting to happen to me. Um, and if I'm being honest, after I came back, after we split up the first time, I think a part of me always just protected myself because 
I probably knew that this was really just kind of inevitable because this person, as much as I love them, as much as I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that they want to heal for themselves so that they can be a better person and a better partner and, and not do these hurtful, damaging things to me, that shit wasn't happening because you can't force somebody to do those things, right? They have to want to do those things for themselves. And that was not the case at all here. Uh, I was dealing with somebody who was doing just enough, just enough to skate by, um, but really truly did not want to commit to the promises that he was making me, um, which again, I'm sure some of y'all can relate to this, right? It really started to become apparent through that process of, of adopting or trying to adopt. Um, and then we moved into the holiday season and I don't know about y'all, but in my last relationship, the holiday season was always the most difficult. Again, family things, cultural things. I'm dealing with somebody who, whose family dynamic is very different from mine. Uh, my family is very much so, do you live your life? We love you. We're here for you whenever. And if you decide to do other shit, that's cool too, right? Um, but I, I was married into a family that does not function that way. They function on a lot of guilt and um, just you know, obligation and hierarchies and jealousy and um, just a lot of really toxic um, things. Like you have to be there so that somebody's not mad at you, right? So that was like a huge adjustment for me. Um, but over the years of our relationship, I really like put a lot of effort in into trying to alleviate that stress from my partner um, by being present, by participating and showing up even when I know that putting myself in that situation is going to leave me with some scars, right? Is going to open up some wounds. Um, I'm going to have to deal with passive aggressive comments. I'm going to have to hear things that are not normal for me to hear, um, with people that are supposed to love me, um, or care about me. Right. So this last holiday season, I went everywhere. I did all the things. I tried so hard to just be the perfect wife. Um, and I was dealing with a monster through it all. And I'm talking violent outbursts, putting holes in walls, gaslighting me to try to convince me that I'm doing the things that is being done to me. Um... And I still went to all these parties with a happy face on, even though I was being screamed at in the car on the whole way there. I was being threatened. I was being told how terrible of a person I am, how, um, I mean, if you've ever dealt with someone like this, you know, they take their things and they use them against you, right? So I'm being told I don't do anything. I don't change anything. I don't... I'm a piece of shit, right? Because the person who's telling me that they know that they're the piece of shit. They're the one that's being hurt, hurtful and harmful and not loving and not protective. Um, so all that shit was dumped right back on me. Um, but I got through the holidays because that's what we do in relationships. A lot of the times when we feel stuck, 
we, we just want to put on that good face, right? We just want to present ourselves in the way that our partner wants the world to see us so that we don't have to deal with any more issues from them. I mean, or at least that was the case for me. Um, but yeah, if you saw me throughout the holiday season, if you know me in real life, just know that's what I was going through. And the hardest part of it is that, or at least for me, is that this person who is doing these things to me presents themselves in the world as a very nice, kind, caring person. And so he became really good at making me the villain when we were around other people so that people would be like, oh, there's no way he could be this way. There's no way. He's so nice. He's so nice to her. She's... She's just bossy. Oh, she just wants too much. She's this, she's that, she's that, you know, but never actually knowing what my life is like behind closed doors. Um, all of those times where I had to reach out to a crisis network because I was in a situation where I was convinced that I didn't have any support, that my family didn't care about my situation, that they didn't want to hear about any issues that I had which is so far from the truth. And I'll get into that too. So just know, like you really truly never know what somebody's situation really is unless you are there yourself. Um, the number of times that I was hysterical on the floor, hyperventilating in full crisis mode um, because I wanted so badly to be seen or heard and I was literally being told, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I'm just going to leave you here just like this. And I'll be back when you're done. So this type of behavior definitely was frequent in my relationship. I would say that the cycle of abuse was typically a four to six week cycle. Um, and that was through the entire time I was in my relationship. But at the end, it got really bad. I mean, all right. So I talked about the holiday season last year. Um, somehow I made it through that shit. Um, prior to that, there were other incidences that happened that kind of like led up to those things besides the adoption. Um, I guess I don't really need to get in all the nitty gritty details. I'm trying to do my best to share with you guys and share the situation with you, but not share too much. You know what I'm saying? Because there is an actual human on the other side of this. And like I said, this is my, my truth, my perspective, the things that I experienced. I also just want to say I'm not perfect. I was not perfect through this situation either. But one thing that I do know for fucking sure is I did everything in my power to heal myself to be a better person, to be a better wife, to be a better partner, to be a better listener, um, and to find fulfillment for myself. But it was, it was impossible. It truly was. Um, and I really realized that when I had a conversation with my psychiatrist um, and informed him that I left my relationship and the jubilee that this man experienced when I told him that, which I was very surprised by. He's typically very stoic um, and just very level-headed. Not that he wasn't level-headed in that moment, but he showed true joy 
And he said, I am so incredibly happy for you. I was very concerned about your situation. And not even that I ever dove into any of this shit with him. Again, this was my psychiatrist, not my therapist, right? So I check in with him. He helps me with my meds and things like that. We do talk about things, but not in depth. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I had never even really discussed with him concerns that I had about my relationship. It was more just, this is my life. Um, You know, this is what I do. But he proceeds to tell me, I knew you would never continue to grow mentally in the situation that you were in. It just, it's not possible. You can't continue to grow past where you are if you are in a situation that does not allow you to grow, that does not encourage your growth, that does not want you to grow, right? He then made me promise him that I was going to follow through with what I was doing Because again, so often in abusive situations, it can be so easy to fall right back into that cycle, no matter how done you think you are. And you know, on average, it takes a person seven times of leaving an abusive situation before they stay gone. And for me, experiencing what I experienced over this last holiday season, then the new year rolled over. I had my surgery and then I continued to experience emotional, verbal, horrendous abuse. And I'm a very sensitive person. And I know some people might be surprised when they hear that. But if you know me for real, you know, like, I'm very sensitive. I cry pretty often. (laughs) Not gonna lie. Um, it used to be something that I hated about myself. I felt like it made me weak. I felt like it made me whatever. But as I've grown, I've learned that is not the truth at all. Um, crying, first of all, is a great release of emotions. If you feel like you need to cry, do not hold that shit inside. Okay. Let it out, please. Um, and being able to be vulnerable And allow yourself to be that vulnerable is also such a huge sign of strength. So if you are like me and you are a sensitive person who feels like that's a bad thing, just know it's not, okay? Um, And I have to always continue to work on that mindset and remind myself that being vulnerable, being comfortable and okay living in our discomfort and our emotions is one of the strongest things we can do for ourselves. And once I was experiencing that same abuse, two weeks post-op, which if you've ever had a major surgery, um, being calm, keeping your heart rate down, being able to rest, being able to get sleep, having a supportive, loving environment um, is so, so, so important. Um, and I was experiencing verbal and emotional abuse. I was hyperventilating. I was crying. I was being treated horribly. I mean, I've really worked, uh, through a lot of this stuff. So the, the fact that I'm able to share a lot of these things without much emotion, just know that it's taken me a lot of work to get to this point, but I want to share this story and I want to share my story and my situation because, One thing I've learned is that there are a lot of people 
in very similar situations that are stuck in these cycles of abuse, stuck in partnerships with people who don't want to heal. And we do, right? We want to heal ourselves, but you can't heal if you have someone who wants to keep you broken. And that's exactly the situation I was in. Um, and experiencing that and literally being fearful for my life in so many different senses of the word. Like I had visceral fear for my life regularly, the stress and anxiety that I would feel regularly concerned about whether this person is going to flip shit on me, whether this person is going to throw things, whether this person is going to be slamming doors and putting holes in walls and driving erratically with me in the car and screaming at me and using all of my trauma and my worst fears against me. I just couldn't take that shit anymore. I broke. I broke y'all. Um, and I had to be very strategic with my next steps because I was dealing with a very scary person. I was dealing with somebody who I really thought because he said he loved me as much as he would say that he loved me, that eventually he would show me that love in the way that I needed it. Um, but this was not love. This, this was dangerous. And I knew if I stayed in that situation, I wasn't going to make it. Um, too many times I got to the point where I could only see one out. And if you're in that situation, please listen to me. No matter how stuck you feel, you are not your circumstances. You can and you will and you deserve all of the things that you want out of life. You deserve to have somebody who loves you the way you need to be loved and a partnership that does not destroy who you are. You deserve to be with someone who makes you feel safe. Who sees you. Who truly fucking sees you and hears you. And as I'm saying this to you, listeners, I'm also saying this to myself. And that's what got me through the end. Um, was truly talking to myself in the kindest ways, writing down affirmations, telling myself, girl, he is showing you who he is. He is telling you he does not want to hear you. He does not care about your issues, that you are not important. Why are you still here? Why are you still subjecting yourself to this? And no, no lie, y'all. And maybe I'll share this picture. I, I, I took some pictures on my final break. Don't, can't even tell you what, what the fight started about. Actually, I can. I was trying to express my feelings. I had been walking on eggshells for weeks. Um, I let my partner get, you know, three days straight of 14 plus hours sleep. Um, you know, just trying to accommodate him to make sure that he was in the right headspace so that I could express how I was feeling. 
and everything was all good um uh, except for me because I was extremely uncomfortable I was just I had so much pain inside me and I just needed um I needed him to listen and and care but that's not what he was capable of doing um and the last blow up it was scary. It was really fucking scary. And again, I was fresh out of surgery, y'all. I still had stitches in my face. Um, I was still supposed to be keeping my heart rate under 120. Um, you know, all these things. Um, and all those things were even used against me. Screaming, you know, screamed at me. You know, oh, I don't, I don't want to make you have to call the crisis line. I don't want to make you not harm yourself because it was getting to the point where I was starting to self-harm. Um, when I was younger and couldn't deal with my trauma, I binge ate. And that's how I ended up being overweight my whole life and having such a damaged relationship with food is that how that's how I processed my trauma and that's how I harmed myself, but also somehow protected, or in my mind, I thought I was protecting myself, right? But I've already healed those neural pathways. I've already healed my relationship with food. So being put in this constant state of crisis, um, mentally, I, I just, I needed some type of release, Um for all of this pain that I was going through. Um, and so I started self-harming. I was cutting myself um, when I was having these regular breakdowns because, you know, I was, like, again, I was being put into these situations and then being left alone in crisis. Um, and so I, I was utilizing the Christ hotline again, 741-741. I cannot express how much you should save that in your phone for when you need it um and the last time I reached out to them um the person who talked to me um bless your heart you you really gave me the final push I needed to get out um uh she sent me a list of 75 coping skills which seems so simple. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to put that PDF in the description of this episode. Um, and she said, anytime you're feeling this way, um, just pick one thing off the list. It doesn't even have to be anything crazy, right? It can be count the walls in the room you're in. Um, just anything to help you change your mindset. Um, or remove yourself mentally from that space so that you can think a little clearer. Um, and that's what I started doing and I started writing down affirmations. Um, and then, yeah, that final, that final break that day, I, something in my brain clicked and I said, fuck this shit. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, I need to get the fuck out. And in this moment, I grabbed a post-it, I grabbed a pen, and I just started to write down the things that I needed. And y'all, I have those post-its here with me, so I'm going to read them to you guys. Um, I deserve to love myself. 
I deserve to feel heard. I deserve to feel safe. I deserve to be loved how I needed to be loved. I deserve to have my basic human needs met. And I deserve everything I want. So those were my wants. Now these are my statements, my I am statements. I am beloved by many. I bet on me. I am loving and caring. I have a big heart. I am amazing. I am strong. I deserve to take care of myself. I have survived all of my worst days. And I am worthy. These are the things I wrote down for myself. Um, on little post-its that I have here with me. And I stuck them all on the mirror. And I'm, again, crying. <laughs> and I looked in that mirror. And I snapped a few pictures. And I looked at myself. And I looked at all these things I have written down. The things that I know I am. The things I know that I want out of this life. And I said, why aren't you... Why aren't you allowing yourself to be open to these things? Why are you allowing yourself to stay in a situation that provides none of this for you? And at that moment, it just switched for me. And I knew I had to get out um, or I was not going to survive. I was not going to survive my own mental health, most likely, um, if if it wasn't this dangerous person who I know is continuing to just escalate um, and become more and more dangerous around me. Now, I'm the type of person, I don't, I don't get in, in men's faces. I don't try to fight men um, because of my own trauma and my own PTSD. I definitely go into flight mode and I hide and I cry and I seclude um, because that's how I protect myself. So... If I was a different type of person and was being physical and was um, initiating or participating in that violence, um, you know, and eventually I probably would have because, you know, we all get to our breaking point. But for me, this was my breaking point, right? So at that moment... I needed to think about, okay, now how do I get out of here? I don't have any money of my own. I don't have a job anymore. Um, all of my independence has essentially been non-existent. And again, at this point in time, I think my family is not supportive. I think that they don't care about the situation because that's what I was convinced of. Um, but at the end of 2022 when I experienced some horrendous um, violence around me, um, I had reached out to my dad um, and he didn't answer that day. My dad, I mean, I'm sure like many of your parents never answers his phone. Um, and by the time he called me back later that night, things had been quote unquote reconciled, or at least I was just trying to forget it and move forward, um, which happens a lot with abusive relationships, right? We experience these horrendous things and then somehow we justify it in our mind just so we can move forward, right? And get back to that honeymoon phase or that calm. Um, 
so when my dad called me back, um, I, he could tell I was upset and I said, Oh, I'm fine. It's, it's nothing. I just was calling for something else earlier. Um, and then he came by the next day and there was a, there were holes in the wall. Um, and I let him know that why those holes were there. Um, and you know, he, he had a few things to say, but, um, there wasn't anything over the top, right? And that's what I had gotten used to. If the reaction wasn't extreme, then it's not a reaction, right? Little did I know, my dad took note um, and essentially cut off all contact with my partner at that point. So fast forward to when I'm at this, I'm standing in the mirror with all these post-its, I'm sobbing, I'm crying, I'm in crisis, um, I've been abandoned by the person who's supposed to be taking care of me. And in that moment, like I just really realized this is your reality and it is not going to change. Uh, so I did reach out to my family who has been nothing but amazing and supportive and they really had no idea um, of what I had been experiencing, um, and the damage that it had been doing to me. But again, I was dealing with an unstable person, so I had to be very strategic. Um, I eventually did get him to leave the house first because I did not feel safe. I made sure he knew that I had support coming to protect me, um, so that he would not act out because I'm dealing with someone who is very, very particular about the way other people see them. They don't want other people to see that side of them. So if they know other people will be present, they don't act that way. So I did get him to leave. Um, I was able to decompress and take a breath for a moment and make my plan of exit. <laughs> um, and that's exactly what I did. I packed up my stuff. I took my dog and um, I moved in with my parents, which has been amazing. Um, and I just feel so safe. Literally the first few days I was in my parents' house, um, I just kept telling my mom, oh my God, I can't remember the last time I felt this safe. I can't remember the last time I wasn't afraid to just exist. So if you're relating, <laughs> to any of this, I just want you to know that it is possible. It is possible. And I know people that, I know there are people in much more dangerous situations. Not that that takes anything away from my situation and the experience I just shared with you guys, which is again, just a very small piece of everything. Um, but no matter what situation you are in, I promise you, you can get out. Even if it's just starting with reaching out to a crisis hotline or a any any type of support that's available to you. Use the resources that you do have. Use the internet. Um, if you have friends and family, even if you don't think that they support you because our abusers are very good at convincing us that we have no one but them. Reach out even to people that you might not think are still there for you. Um, and 
make your plan of exit because you deserve to live a full, beautiful life. And so do I. So now, moving forward, what is that looking like for me? Um, I mean, y'all know I've been in therapy. I love therapy um, for quite some time. Um, I have been transitioning into a new therapist um, and we have been doing DBT therapy. So I am really focusing on changing my own behaviors and having a better understanding of why I react the way that I react to things. Um, and so I'm really focusing on my therapy um, and on breaking that cycle so that I never end up in one of those cycles again because this ain't the first relationship like this I've been in. Um, and compared to other relationships, it was always better. So that was the excuse that I made. I excused the abuse because it wasn't as bad as the last time I experienced abuse, right? But it's still hurtful and harmful and it still deters you from being the best you can be. And moving forward in life, I will not settle for anything but the best. Because love without respect is not love. Being with someone who regularly dehumanizes you, who puts you down, who uses your worst fears and the horrible things that have happened to you against you, that shit is not love. It's not. And they might think it's love too and you might think it's love, but it's, it's not the type of love that will help you grow into the best version of yourself. So at this phase of my life, I'm really just focusing on me. I'm focusing on, like I said, healing all of my shit because I got shit, right? And um, my husband struggled with things because he's got shit too. And I hope that he heals those things. But it is, I am no longer taking on the responsibility of trying to force him to do those things. I can only take care of myself and that's exactly what I'm focused on. So y'all know I've been doing my GED um, and just building a new life for myself. I will also be dating. Um, so y'all be hearing some of those experiences on the podcast as well. Um, who I am and what I'm doing is definitely growing and changing and I know some people don't like that but that's what we're here for this is wellness for real and everything I shared today it's real life shit y'all and I very easily could use all of this as an excuse to not take care of myself to not continue to do the things that are going to get me to my goals right um and to continue to be the best motherfucking me I can be. So thank y'all for listening. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for giving me this safe space um, and for listening to this podcast. And I hope you guys will continue to listen. Skylar and I are just getting started. Um, we apologize for any uh, terrible sound quality. <laughs> We're working on it, y'all. Um, but we thank you for being here. I thank you for being here. 
And as always, I'm going to keep keeping it real. Because that's what we do here. And honestly, I'm recording this episode less than an hour before it goes up. So if there's something that I said I was going to touch back on and I didn't, sorry. (laughs) I just wanted to get all this out and share this with you guys um, and share it with anybody who needs to hear this message and know that they can get out of whatever situation they are in and live the life that they really want to be living, okay? Um, Have a great week, y'all. Set yourself up for success today and know that you are not your circumstances. I love y'all. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave us a review. We greatly appreciate that. And we'll see you bitches next Monday. Bye.